Outdoors live in the Wilson studio. I am your host, Alex DeBoard. As always, my main man, Nick Wilson, sitting over here, my co-host. My road dog, Cody Watson's across from me. He's got a mouse full of spit and a fistful of dirt. <laughs> He's ready to throw all kinds of fun out here. Y'all stay with us and stay tuned. We're going to have some fun. Oh, I didn't know what I was going to say. You had a mouthful of on that one. I kind didn't of either. For a loop there for a second. What's up, Nick? Not much, man. What an exciting weekend it has been. We just got behind us. We closed out the Georgia turkey season down south in Sylvania, Georgia, at the Gin House with the KT team. That episode's going to be dropping real soon. It's been an exciting time. A lot of content got dropped. Cody's done great with a video yesterday. Getting everybody pumped up a little bit for deer season, and uh, man, I'm I'm pumped up and ready to get this one underway. Let's do it. Who we got on the line here? Big man Lewis, Kyle Lewis hey. from the Full Draw Assassins. Welcome to talk about it outdoors, my friend. You've been here before, so you know what it's like. You know what we're all about, and uh, we're glad to have you with us again. Oh yeah, I know it's a good time. Uh, been looking forward to getting back on with you boys. It's been a lot of fun going back and forth on social media, and we appreciate the heck out of you guys getting on there and sh- continuing to share stuff and tagging us and everything. We've been trying to return the favor for you guys, and, and it's been a, a great relationship thus far, and it's only getting better with the talk of you guys coming down and visiting us in Georgia soon. Yeah, you guys have some good content. Uh, I mean, that's why we're tagging you boys. Uh, you have a real bright future. Well, as well as y'all do, and, and the things that you've been doing this year, and uh, I mean, turkey season couldn't win any better for you as far as it's uh, as far as it's got started up in Indiana, yeah. Yeah, no, started out with the snow uh, unexpectedly. Was hoping it wasn't going to snow, and woke up to around an inch of snow on the ground. So that kind of threw a wrench in it right off the bat. And what weekend was that, Kyle? Uh, that was uh, opening day, so like mid-April. I think it came in April 21st. I don't want to see no snow in turkey season. Heck no. Well, you got not in Georgia like, anyway. I was about to say you got Georgia. to see a little bit not when you was in South Dakota. A little dusting anyway. Did you still get out? Did you still strap up and go out? Oh, yeah. It's turkey season. That's what I live for, man. That a boy. I would too. It probably didn't last. It probably didn't stay around long, did it? Oh, uh, no. It's... Uh, you know, by, you know, the afternoon, I'd say it had all melted. I know a little bit farther north in Indiana, it, it stuck around a little longer, but snow pretty well got out of the way, but the birds were still a little weary for the next couple days, so it was a little rough. Well, tell us a little bit what what um, what you went into for this season. How, how was this season different from another season? Uh, well, uh, first off, the snow. Uh, secondly, I mean – I'm on with full draw assassins now, so I'm like trying to make sure that I get my footage and cover all uh, the steps necessary in order to get everything on film. And that's, I mean, that's probably the biggest one and biggest difference is trying to do that. And, you know, no gobbles right off opening day. Uh, didn't hear a gobble at all the first day or, or the second day, actually. You think that was due to weather? Oh, yeah, definitely. And 
down here in southern Indiana, southeastern, uh, the turkey are—they're hard to kill already. I don't know. They're—they're they're smart down here. You go up farther north, not taking anything away from those boys, but they're a little more active, gobble a little more. I'd say it's probably a little bit bigger population farther north too. Do you think that's because of the? There's more turkeys up north, or do you just think they get more pressure down south? I think there's more pressure down south. You know, the way properties are set up, uh, you know, honestly, like bobcats, you know, they're not as far up north as they are down here. And, I mean, there there are, there's a lot of bobcats around. And I think it all makes a big difference. Uh, it's hard saying, you know, flooding and harvest every year. So, I mean, I still stick with it and have a good time and Can you usually le- manage to get any birds. Can you legally take bobcats in Indiana? Uh, no, that's still a thing that's in the works. Uh, I was actually talking uh, with my boss, and he was telling me how uh, it hasn't passed yet because there's not as many bobcats up north. So when they do all the voting and whatnot, the people up north, they don't really see them as much. So they don't want to have a season on them. And down south, we have them. And I think that's due to, uh, I think they came from uh, Kentucky and worked their way up. So southern Indiana probably has a higher population of bobcats. Yeah, I don't know if we spoke about this in the earlier episode that we've done with you guys, but Illinois is the same way. They don't, they don't have a season either. And they ask you if you, if you, if you harvest a deer, that's one of the questions when you do the phone call is how many bobcats have you seen in the area? So I think they're I think on a recent another podcast I heard that they may be thinking about opening up a season for Illinois. So that would probably be good for the turkeys. I saw a giant oh, yeah. bobcat last year in Illinois. I, I did too. I, I saw did a too. big one. I would have loved to have hammered. Year before last one I saw that one. Remember it came in, that deer started blowing at <laughs> yeah. it. It was right underneath my stand. I'm texting Cody, can you shoot bobcats up here? And finally he's like, No, you can't. Don't shoot it. Yeah. That was a fast yeah, text. Yeah, hell I <laughs> I can only hope that Indiana opens up for bobcats or at least does like a northern zone and a southern zone and opens it up in the southern zone. Yeah, they're tough on uh they're tough on they're tough on new new birds and old birds, but how do you think the how do you think the ratio versus maybe two year olds and Jake's was this year? Do you have did you guys have a good what's the um, I honestly ratio? didn't Yeah. <laughs> I honestly didn't see a whole lot of jakes uh, at the properties I had. Uh, I had one jake that I seen pretty consistently, and he was following uh, the two toms around that uh, I was chasing the first couple days. But other than that, in the past years, you know, I've seen a pack of four jakes, three jakes. I mean, this year just didn't really see a whole lot. I don't know if they weren't in the field when I was there or in the woods, but I, I didn't see a whole lot. So if you ask me, I'd say the population's a little lower, and it definitely shows when you're out in the field, makes the hunting a little harder. How about the hens? Did you guys see a lot of hens up there? Because I, we did not in Georgia. Oh, really? Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've I seen plenty of hens. Uh, seems like there's good population of hens, especially uh, before season came in. Uh, I was out there with my camera, and, I mean, their population seems really good. And, even got to see some cool stuff during season. Got to see some hens dust. Never seen that before. So that okay. was pretty cool. 
Yeah, they're, they're have, Georgia has a survey that you can fill out every time you hunt if you want to, and, and one of the questions is how many hens you've seen, and I think I might have I might have seen three hens all season. But, oh, wow. Yeah. And, and you're uh, out there quite a bit. Yeah, I, I basically hunted every weekend and sometimes through the week. I I only saw That's six crazy. hens. Six hens. Saw six hens all now, season. Now I seen a lot of hens here at the house early season before they went off and done their thing and laid. But while I was hunting, I probably only seen three. So, well, tell let's let's get into your let's get into the turkey hunting side of it versus what you've seen. So, did you have any success opening weekend? Uh, opening weekend. Well, uh, before opening weekend, cause we open up on a Wednesday. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I actually got my bird down on Friday morning. Uh, almost had success the weekend before though. Uh, it was youth season and, uh, took my little brother out hunting and, uh, we get there and we're walking up the hill. I'm like, you do have a choke tube in, right? And he goes, Oh crap. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me, man. <laughs> so I was like, well, it looks like we're going to have to pull this bird in real close. And so, uh, get the decoy set up. I uh, get him set up. My buddy's there with us. He's calling and I'm filming. And, uh, there's three toms roosted on the edge of the field. There's one alone and then two together. And didn't even realize that this one was right there. And he flew right down into the decoys and right in i mean within 10 seconds he was in the decoys after flying down and i tried to tell him to wait and he said he had a shot and i guess my buddy told him to shoot and he fired and then the bird walked the other way he didn't actually seem too spooked hmm. was this all was this private ground you guys are on or public uh private yeah is there a whole yeah, lot of pub pretty- is there a whole lot of public land down south in indiana uh, yeah, there's more public ground in southern Indiana than there is north, I'd say. And, uh, like, where I'm at, uh, there's quite a bit of public. You know, I can drive seven minutes and be on public or, you know, drive seven minutes the other way and be on some other public. And that's usually where I spend most of my time before season comes in. Now, you got the opportunity to go uh, that Wednesday. You didn't have any luck because you said there was snow on the ground. You transitioned into to – Thursday, when did you see the first bird that you took this year? When did you first see him? Uh, I seen that bird on Tuesday, nice and sunny, pretty warm out, day before season came in. Uh, I had two birds on another property that I had pegged and was planning on setting up on them uh, opening morning. And, you know, I thought it was going to go nice and dandy. And, uh, so after I left there scouting those birds, got to this other property about, I'd say, 845. And I'm walking, and there's not a not a soul in the field. I walk down this field edge, and there's this little grassy uh, field that's in the back of it, kind of hidden. And I come around that, and I look up, and there, there he is sitting inside the woods facing away from me. And I mean, I was just in shock. I, I mean, I was shook when I seen him. It was crazy. Did you know that bird from a previous season, or was this the first year you had actually saw that bird? Uh, that was actually the first time I laid eyes on the bird the day before season. 
<laughs> pretty wild. Was did it did he notice you when you come around? Uh, no. No. Did, I mean I was able to take some pictures of him actually. Okay. So he was just out there so fa- fanned out with some hens? Uh no, he was uh facing away from me, sitting just inside the woods and I was on the other wood line and he was just kind of looking over some ridges it looked like Mm -hmm. and uh eventually while i was sitting there he turned around and worked his way out of that field edge into that grassy field and then turned and walked towards the back of it and as he hit the back of it he gobbled uh two three times and then walked into the woods and i heard him hammer down in there some more and i wanted to you know get on this bird again but uh I ended up backing out because I didn't want to mess it up with season coming in uh, the next day. So, so walk walk us through how this went down, and and for everybody that doesn't know, this is a you don't call it an albino, do you? Uh, no, Auburn. Auburn. It's an hmm. Auburn colored turkey. We'll drop pictures of it. You can see it over on Full Draw Assassins page. They've dropped a bunch of pictures of it. It's been shared all over the place, but. I just didn't want people to be like, well, they're just talking about another turkey. No, right. it's this not. Is, it's yeah. something special. For yeah. everybody listening, if you had not seen this bird yet, you need to do yourself a favor and go check it out. I don't know where this bird came from, what color phase it was in, if it flew off of somebody's farm 10 miles from there, if it was a wild bird that was running around with, you know, raised with wild turkeys, whatever it may be. Once in a lifetime bird for anybody that goes turkey hunting. Yeah, it's not often that uh, you get set up in one of your fields and a bird like that happens to be in it. So, you know. Did anybody else know about this turkey that you know of? Uh, No. I I called my buddies and uh, uh, just a couple of my buddies because I was, like, dedicated to this bird after seeing it. Like, I want to get this bird down. But, yeah, no one knew about it, so. Uh, When I think think of southern Indiana, I think of – Basically, where we hunt in southern Illinois is it pretty, pretty flat uh, farmland? Uh, that's nor that's northern Indiana. Okay, so you're uh, you're a little bit Indiana. more. Indiana. Go ahead. You're a little bit more rolling hills. Um, are you a little bit of farmland in between? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of basically how it is. Not super big hills. Uh, if you go a little farther west in southern Indiana, you hit like Bloomington, Bedford area. Uh, Brown County, uh, that's when you start seeing uh, the bigger hills. And around me, it's just big, big ravines and small hills. Okay. I just want to paint that picture for everybody. So when you shot that bird, Kyle, did you, uh, well, I'll tell you what, rewind a little bit. You walked around the edge there and you got set up on him. Well, that was the day before. That was Tuesday. Right. No, I'm going back to um, on Thursday. Or excuse, you, you killed him on Friday. So, when you when you got your hands on that bird, what was your first thoughts? I couldn't believe I I'd done it. Like I told myself, told my buddy, I was like, "That's the bird I'm killing this year." You know, it kind of felt like chasing after a buck that you named. And usually when it comes to turkey, you don't do that often because most times it's, I don't know, it's just different. Harder to name a bird and then see him again. And yeah, because they all on. look the same. And this one's totally different than any bird you could ask to see. Yeah, but uh, I'd have to say that one of the first things I thought of was 
just how fortunate I was to harvest that bird, to see it, have the opportunity, how beautiful it was. I mean, it was just uh, a roller coaster of emotions. What was his spurs and his beard? Did he have a good beard on him? Uh, Yeah, I think he had like a nine-inch beard, and his spurs were like bleach white, and they were about an inch, maybe a little longer. Was do you want to share the full story with us, or is this going to drop somewhere else? Oh uh, no, I I can definitely share the story with you, boy. Right, let's let's go to Friday when you go in to hunt this bird. So is he roosted in the same exact spot? Uh, so I didn't actually know where he was roosting. I only seen him uh the day before season, and then uh, the birds I had scouted for me and my buddy. I had two toms in a field on a different property. We hunted there that morning when it snowed, so I wasn't near this bird, and I wanted to get my buddy on a bird too. So uh, we went to that property. I figured, you know, those birds were going to come out. He could tag out, and then I could concentrate on this bird. And didn't work that way. First day was pretty rough. Didn't uh, see anything or hear anything. And next day we didn't see anything in the field. Didn't uh, really hear much. I think we may have heard a couple gobbles. But uh, everything we saw was while we were driving, and that was, I think, one tom and some small field, and then he was gone. But uh, that Friday, uh, we uh, knew that there were two birds in there and about where they were roosted because uh, we went in uh, Thursday evening after we got hunt- done hunting at a different field. Uh, birds were gone, so we're like, hey, let's just you know try and get on some birds and if we get on them, we get on them. If not, we roost them. And, uh, me and my buddy went in and snuck through the woods trying to get on some birds. There was, uh, like three hens, uh, Jake and two toms in the field. So, uh, we worked our way all the way around these birds through the woods and, uh, we're watching them at about a hundred yards. And, uh, they just didn't work their way into us. And we couldn't really make a move after that because there were so many eyes in the field and, we were just, you know, hunkered down, and these birds, these two toms and the hens, uh, ended up coming into the woods and roosting at about, uh, I'd say, 65, 70 yards. So uh, we were kind of stuck there until it got pitch black outside. So we just laid there and talked, and then when it was dark enough, we snuck out of the woods. And uh, on Friday, come the next morning, uh, we went in there, set up on these birds, and uh, the two toms uh, flew down, and they flew across to the next ridge, and that's uh, the neighboring property, so we were kind of hosed on that, and we watched these birds for a while, gobbling and walking this ridge back and forth, back and forth, and uh, finally, uh, they kind of worked their way off, and uh, we stood up. My buddy goes to the edge of the field, and he goes, oh my gosh, dude, your bird's in the field. I was like, dude don't lie to me there's no way he's like dude he's he's in the field he just came into the field about 300 yards across the field i was like are you serious dude and he's like yeah man he's, he's coming too my buddy starts calling and he's gobbling and he starts working his way across the field strutting and walking our way uh it felt like forever for him to get across the field but by the time he got to us you know he was in full strut on the edge of the field and i could barely see him through the briars and uh, he ends up walking uh, 
just inside the woods, and I shot him at about seven yards. Wow. <laughs> Dang. And, I, I mean, I shake when I turkey hunt. You know, it gets me excited, but something about that bird just had me going. I could barely breathe. What was the call of choice that got him? Uh, I mean, we were just throwing some yelps at him. I mean, like uh, what instrument? I, oh, mouth call. Okay. Yeah, I know you're big on uh, all the different calls. <laughs> He's what? a pro. Yeah, right. Um, did you got? Was you guys using any decoys? Uh, so that's the thing. Like I told you, uh, here in Southern Indiana, it's tough. You know, you can pull birds into the decoys. We did for my little brother opening morning, but I mean, you know, most times they'll see decoys and they just take off the other way. Gotcha. Uh, you know, like even even calling the birds, you know they won't come in it's it's just the weirdest thing like last year i had to deer hunt the turkey i shot and uh this year uh the two toms we were on we got on them uh, another time and uh we didn't uh, have any luck they seen our decoy and then hung out about 80 yards behind them and just walked right past them mm-hmm. the only thing that gave them a look was the jake that was following the two toms and they just kept walking. We called like they they don't want anything to do with them usually, so we just try and play it safe, you know, figure out where these birds are going to be, and uh, try and cut them off. And if if we need to, throw some calls at them, let them know we're there. So after you took this bird, you guys you guys done the celebration. You guys started taking pictures and you know doing your social media stuff. Did you guys think right away, hey, this is going to be a great idea to to broadcast this out on social media is that correct uh yeah i mean i I really wanted people to see the bird i harvested and uh i mean i think it turned out really well there was a lot of love for it and 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 how long after posting that did you get the first hate message um I don't think uh, when I posted it on the Full Draw Assassins page that there was really much hate on it. Uh, the Sportsman channel actually shared it, and uh, I, I don't even know what I was doing, but I looked down at my phone and it said the Sportsman channel shared my picture. Really? And yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. So I clicked <laughs> on it. I was like, I wonder exactly what it is. Like, I, I had no idea that they posted my picture, and there I was holding that auburn bird smoking a stogie (laughs) and and i mean when i say that picture blew up it blew up like i looked at other posts they have on their page you know it's a few hundred to maybe a thousand if you're lucky and my picture had like over seven thousand likes on it when it was all said and done after a few days good lord so then did you just basically sit there and look read all the comments uh, yeah, I actually didn't realize there was negative comments until, uh, Derek called me and he was, he was heated. So I went and looked and yeah, there was negative comments. I read through them and you know, it didn't really bother me at all. I just, you know, those people have nothing better to do. And it's funny that they call themselves hunters. I gotcha. I figured that that was kind of where I was going with that. If, if how much hate you got and or how much messages you got that was negative towards you. And I, I, I just figured that'd be a big part of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there was there was tons of negative comments. Uh, and like I said, Derek was pretty heated that, you know, people were trying to put me down. So he even got on there and defended me a little bit and uh, actually got it all squared away with the dude. And 
I think he actually apologized. And I, I mean, that was one of many comments on there. Yeah. Yeah. It always boggles my mind that us as sportsmen, you know, we're, we're on the same team and it seems like there's always a couple out there that just want to, I don't know, stir the pot or find, try to find negative in something. And I don't know what drives that in them, but I just can't grasp that. You know, I see it. I see it a lot on deer hunting pages, whether it's the size of a deer or something like that. So for them to be casting shade, that's just, I can't understand it. Well, I'll tell you this on, on, in this particular instance, you've got something that's an anomaly and that turkey is, it's not something you're going to see every day and it's going to be totally, you know, from the far reaches of, I've never seen a bird like that. I've never imagined seeing a bird like that. And the first thing somebody wants to do is it's fake. It's not made up. It's the same thing what happens when somebody kills a, a huge deer. They're, oh, it's pen raised. Oh, it's pen raised. Oh, it's got to be somebody's raised that. So, you know, and so th- there's always that one person that's going to find that negative in it. So I, I, I could definitely see where that one would draw some negative attention to it from the naysayers out there for sure. I was curious. I was curious if in that situation, if uh, DNR or somebody might reach out. You know, just wanting to know something about, you know, more about the bird or maybe take a sample or look at it or do figure out how old the bird was or whatever. Um, have you had anybody reach out wanting to have any more information on the bird? Uh, no, actually. I mean, you know, when you tag the bird in, there's really nothing for that, obviously, because it's not something that happens every day. And I mean, it was all over social media. And I mean, I never heard anything from anyone, so still on the down low i guess right no it's definitely uh, out there and if people are interested if somebody was interested in it they'd been you know reaching out to you and that's curiosity for sure to see yeah i i actually reached out to some wildlife biologists before i had even harvested this bird and none of them answered so i called my uncle who lives up in toledo ohio and uh he used to live uh down in southern indiana here and he's a wildlife biologist uh and now a refuge manager up on Lake Erie. And I was asking him about it, like, hey, do you know anything about this? And he was telling me that uh, over uh, in Big Oaks, where he used to be a refuge manager here in Indiana, that there was like a cinnamon-colored bird that hung out with all the other birds in the field, and you could spot them from a mile away. He didn't really have much on it other than he had seen a bird similar to that. Yeah, it's just probably just like a genetic thing, like albino or whatever. It happens one in how many ten thousand deer, you know, something like that. Then it's you know, there's probably just a a gene modification or something that changes. I don't know. I don't either. I have no idea. But I, guess I know it's, it's no different than a deer. I know. I, I know it's a beautiful bird, and I'm I'm guessing you're getting this full body mounted. Uh, no, actually, I I like what? to do the mounts myself. Uh, I just got into woodworking a little bit and i mounted my michigan bird and i just love how it looks on the wall and plus i don't have much room for full body mounts so you cape uh, you're going to do the whole thing caped out and uh or yeah just, yep uh, okay did you cape it out yep, all yourself I'm, uh yeah i actually uh i mean i just did like the fan and a little bit of feathers below that and got the wings and then you know the feet and the beard oh okay okay have you already have you already done that uh no i have not had any time just started a 
new job three weeks ago and I've been out of state on the weekends and I mean I've just it's been hectic I'd like to see that once you finish oh yeah definitely I'm thinking about uh I have some California redwood that I think would look really well with color of that bird now saying that are you going to start trying to do your own deer also that's a big step uh (laughs) Yeah, probably not. You know, I got a trusted taxidermist over at Two Mile Taxidermy, so okay, I'll let him keep doing my deer. He does a great job, so we'll keep go. it at that. There you go. Now, did you get your uh, – have you taken any other this year? Have I what? Have you taken any more birds this year? Uh, No, I have not. I just went to Ohio uh, this past weekend and didn't get on anything, and that's really the only other state I've been in. Is uh, Indiana only one bird for residents? Yeah, only oh, okay. one bird. Okay, okay, I didn't know that. Which I think is the way it should be, at least down here in southern Indiana. One bird's enough. Uh, but, yeah, over in Ohio, I know it's two birds. But, you know, I'm always happy with at least harvesting a bird. And even if I don't, I'm still happy. And when did season close for Indiana, or has it? Uh, yeah, season closed uh, last last week. Uh Let's see, I think around, I think it was May 8th okay. or May 9th. I think maybe May 9th is when it closed or at least close to that. Did you Did you get your and, brother, did you ever get your little brother on one? Man, I got him on four different birds, three different times. He never got it? And uh, he just couldn't make it happen. Uh, the second to last day of season, that Saturday, uh, my buddy, I didn't have to take him uh, hunting with me, and uh, he headed up north to get a bird up there in northern Indiana because we were struggling down here. And so uh, I was like, "Perfect, I'm able to take my little brother." And uh, so we went out uh, that afternoon, and I seen a bird in the field. And we got up to it, and we were on the edge of the woods. And uh, finally, you know, a Jake walked by, a hen, and this bird. Uh, this Tom starts walking over to us and we're just inside the woods. He's in front of me, huge briar bush on, kind of like in front of us and on our left. And I get this bird into like seven yards, maybe a little less. And I'm sitting on my butt and I got my camera in my hand and I'm looking through it. And then like looking up, just staring this bird in the eye and he's just looking at me. And I, the whole time I'm going, shoot him, shoot him. And I couldn't say anything else other than shoot him because I didn't know why he wasn't shooting him. And I'm looking in the eye of this big old swamp donkey of a bird. (laughs) And he walks off and I go, what were you doing? He goes, I couldn't shoot. I'm like, what do you mean you couldn't shoot? He couldn't have shot him when he was at seven yards. But, you know, when he was at 30 yards and closer, when he was in the field, he definitely could have popped this bird. I just think he was uncomfortable because we were running and gunning and we weren't you know in a setup where we i could clear you know the briars and the sticks for him so he had a perfect shot wherever the bird came in so it was a new experience for him and you know i wasn't upset about it i mean my stomach was a little turnt but uh you know it's all about learning uh and that's what i always tell him like hey you know don't be too hard on yourself it's just a turkey uh at least now you know, you learned. And same with when he missed that bird opening morning, you know. He learned a lot from that. And then, you know, a couple hours later, got him on one 
about, you know, 11 o'clock. And he whiffed it like 40, between 40 and 50 yards. I let him stalk this bird with my buddy's 12 gauge. And he's only 12 years old. So I wasn't expecting much of him to, you know, 70 pound kid to hold this 12 gauge. And he fired three shots off and, you know, missed. And well, when he got back over to me, I, I could definitely see he was upset. And, you know, I turn around and when I look back at him, he's, you know, starting to shed tears so i walked up to him and had to give him the old brotherly talk let him know hey it's okay you know turkey hunting's fun but it, it's just a turkey there's other things in life man and uh it's just a good learning opportunity uh it's probably good that something like that happens now so it doesn't happen later down the road and uh so he'll be able to better deal with uh, all these situations that arise that wasn't three TSS shells he slung across the field, was it? Oh, no, most definitely not. My buddy, it was my buddy's gun, so he threw some long beard XRs in there. There you go. And he goes, he goes, man, I think that was the last of my shells. <laughs> he fired all three at that bird. So you've transitioned now going to to Ohio for the first time, correct, Kyle? Uh, yeah, I was actually really excited uh, to hunt a new state. You get to Ohio. What's the biggest differences you've seen between there and Indiana? Um, well, it depends on what part. Where Derek lives, man, it is thick and it is mountainous, small mountains. You know, I'd say, you know, like hills, but, you know, it's like small mountains. It's just really tall hills. And uh, you go a little farther northeastern and it looks like northern Indiana, southern Michigan. You got these real flat fields, uh, a lot smaller wooded areas, uh, more landowners, you know, farmers don't own all the property around. And, uh, so it was big difference. But when I got to Northeastern Ohio, I, I felt a lot more comfortable, felt like, uh, when I'm hunting up in Michigan. So you get there and, you know, you, you get back into the grind of things with the, with the guys you're hunting with up there. Did did you see any differences in the way that they call turkeys compared to what you grew up doing? Uh, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm always learning. I, I, I really am still somewhat new to turkey hunting. Uh, I mean, I didn't start, uh, I didn't kill my first turkey till sophomore year of high school. And, uh, I'm 24 years old now. So, I mean, that wasn't, but eight years ago or so. And, uh, so I'm always learning, but, uh, I'd say the biggest difference, uh, would be how much they call. Cause down here in Southern Indiana, you know, those birds tend to act weird when you call. So we try not to call too much, but you know, they, they stuck with it and they'd, we'd walk another hundred yards, call, and, uh, or we'd be sitting down and we'd call, you know, a couple minutes later, we'd throw another call. So, uh, I mean, that, that was a big difference in their calling, but other than that, you know, pretty similar to what i've heard uh elsewhere now you and derek have uh have added a couple new team members to full draw assassins since the last time we talked to you can you can you go into that and talk about those guys a little bit and drop them on uh yeah so we met them through social media and uh derek uh ended up you know talking with them and ended up uh telling me like hey i think these guys could really be a big help in uh 
our team and could be like vital to it. So I was like, okay, well, when you go hunt with them this weekend, fill them out and then get back with me. Let me know what you think. And, uh, he had a heck of a weekend and he was like, these boys are the ones, uh, Tyler and Colton are our new team members. And I couldn't be happier. I mean, these, these boys, uh, they've got resumes themselves. And so I was happy to hear that. And just with content, I mean, that's going to help tremendously. And I mean, they have hearts of gold. I mean, these boys took me in this weekend and took me out hunting all weekend, grinding, trying to help me get a bird. So but, uh, grinding with them this weekend, you know, this was really the first time, first time y'all got to hang out, right? You did anyway. Uh, yeah, Derek's hung out with them, I'd say, like the past three weekends, three, four weekends. And this was the first chance that I had to meet them. And so I left work on uh, Thursday afternoon and headed up there to see them. And uh, first, first night there, they let me stay at their house and, you know, uh, ordered pizza. I mean, it was just a real fun experience, you know. Never met these guys a day in my life, and they're treating me like family. Seems to be a common theme around the outdoor industry, don't it? Anybody you meet, just get along real quick, don't you? Oh, yeah. No, some of my favorite people. I mean, that, that's probably my favorite thing about hunting out of state and just hunting as a whole is meeting all these new people that have all these same similarities as me, you know, same passions. And, I mean, before I didn't hunt out of state until my buddy took me, and so I didn't really realize that. I hunted by myself, and I guess I was kind of in a small bubble. And now I'm just amazed at how many friends I've made in the past few years alone. What's next for the Full Draw Assassins now that you've added two new team members? What new, you know something's on the horizon for you guys that that may not have been here just a few you know a couple of months ago when we talked to you oh uh, yeah with these new team members i mean that means more content obviously so we're working hard to get our content out on youtube and things are in the works we're trying to trying our best to uh get with carbon tv and that's a big goal for us so we're trying to produce the best content possible and with these boys, you know, they've been hammering birds. Uh, they each have two tags, so that makes it a lot easier. And, uh, you know, turkey isn't something that's huge for us in the filming side of things because our concentration's on deer. But, I mean, it's a good start to getting our content out there, getting more subscribers on YouTube, getting videos out, trying to be consistent. About the same thing you boys are doing. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> how, how much different do you see vi uh, video in the turkey hunts versus doing the deer hunts? Or is there any difference? Uh, Yeah, there's definitely a huge difference. When it comes to turkey, I, I don't think I'm as nervous because uh, it's not like a 150-inch deer that you may only get one opportunity at. And, uh, with a turkey, you know, there's a lot more opportunities that can arise if you put yourself in the right situation. And, uh, I mean, I feel like the Turkey, uh, could easily see you compared to deer hunting. Cause when you're deer hunting, you're up in the tree and when you're Turkey hunting, you're down on the ground. And most times 
we aren't hunting in a blind because we're on the run or we're trying to set up on these birds that we roosted the night before. So I'd say it can be a little more difficult to film a turkey other than when you're hunting a deer and that deer's walking and you're trying to be at full draw and move that camera. Right. <laughs> we're just gonna sit here and look at each other. <laughs> I was gonna see yeah, I, I, was more. Saying, I, was look, I was just looking at my computer screen drinking a beer. I was like, uh should I pipe back in again? No, I was about to say something and then Nick and Alex oh, were sitting there staring at God. each other. It was Cody fun. Cody uh wants to know because Derek sent me a question earlier uh, and said, Ask Kyle who is his hero in the production game when it comes to filming. He wants to he, Derek told me to ask you that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because he knows that I'm gonna be dumbfounded. Uh, he said I you guess, better not be dumbfounded. He said you. I guess when it comes to the production side of things, uh, I, it. I mean, if pictures count too, uh, they do a little bit of video. Uh, like I'd say, like Lance Kruger, he takes some amazing photos of uh, deer and turkey, and then uh, on Instagram, BBT Production, uh, he takes some quality photos and even throw some videos out there here and there so i'd have to say that's that's who i uh, keep up with i'm glad they didn't ask me you're off the team (laughs) that that ain't what Derek said Derek said you better say he was your hero in the production game yeah uh love (laughs) the death but you know we're in this together unless i'm his hero (laughs) well that's what he said said you was so but no i mean oh well yeah then Derek. i meant Derek. <laughs> did, did i say something else? did i stutter <laughs> oh i mean you're growing great. a mustache like him so oh no he's growing a mustache like me <laughs> is it thicker though he, he looks you yeah he looks like a firefighter and you look like i did in the, in whoa whoa the, no 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 hey you gotta look at instagram uh i definitely got the thicker mustache I just saw your uh, post that you just put. In. What was that? What was that drop you made earlier? You you've catfished more turkeys than who, or what was it? Oh, uh, here, hold on. Let me let me pull that up real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, that was pretty funny. I had a lot of people commenting on that. I posted it on my personal. Uh, it said catfished so many turkeys that I got a call from Nev Schulman or however you pronounce it, and he's the host of the TV show Catfish. Yeah. And, I mean, that's where uh, these people online say there's someone else and right. the other person falls in love, and then that's not who they thought they were. <laughs> so I just thought that was uh, – That is pretty funny. I get it because I used to watch yeah. that show all the time. <laughs> yeah, I had a two-hour drive home, so I was sitting there thinking uh, of something I could uh, say with that picture that make people laugh because, I mean, that's usually what I'm trying to do is just make people laugh. It's just fun. Well, and you continue to do that over and over again, Kyle. The posts and everything that you guys make on social media and the continued, you know, quality content you're putting out, it doesn't go unnoticed. And we can't wait to see what you guys bring to the table for the future. And and, and it's going to be a lot of fun when you get down here and y'all do one, hopefully, in the near future with us in person. Oh, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've been talking a lot about it. I'm super excited to get down there to Georgia and meet you boys. Tell us about that big deer before we uh, wrap this thing up. Tell us about this big deer you found. Oh, okay. So I think I found that like a week and a half, two weeks before season. Oh. I was with, I was actually with my buddy. 
uh, he said, Hey, I got, got this spot. I just picked up, uh, you want to go with me? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Why not? I'll, I'll go with you. I got dressed in camo, grabbed my camera and he picked me up and, uh, we're walking and it's actually about three miles from where I deer hunt. Oh, really? And, uh, I had this deer on camera. Oh, wow. And, and not even this year. I had him on camera the year before in velvet one night and then I never seen him again. And, uh, so we're walking through the woods and there, we seen there, that there were birds in the field. So we were trying to work our way around on the low ground so they didn't see us out in the field. And, uh, we're getting walking down this hill and it's kind of thick in there. Uh, a lot of undergrowth and, my buddy leans down and picks up a turkey feather. I didn't even notice because, I mean, my eyes are always scanning the whole woods before I even get to where I'm walking. And I guess I run past him and maybe shoulder check him a little bit from what he said because I took off running and, you know, I had had my choice of words and I was just ecstatic. I go, oh, my God. And then. Once I get behind the deer, he can see it, and his face just turns white, like, oh, my gosh. And about five seconds later, I lay my head on his antlers, and I'm, I go, oh, I look up. Then I look up at him. I go, oh, my gosh, man. He goes, what? I said, you know what deer this is, because he had him on camera, too. And he's sitting there confused for a minute, and I'm like, you had him on camera. That was the deer that you called a mule deer. And then he, he knew exactly what deer it was, and, I mean, this deer is – every bit of 185 i mean i haven't scored him yet but i i put him at between 185 to 195 and wow. it's just an amazing i've never seen a deer that big uh or held a deer that big it was just like i've carried skulls out of the woods you know some big ones 130 140 50 inches and that deer i mean it was I could I could barely carry it out of the woods. We had a long walk back, and I kept flipping that thing around trying to figure out how to carry it comfortably. It was just a dandy. I mean, well, do you, it, you think someone got it, or you think it just died of old age? Uh, I don't think it died of old age. I think it was a relatively young deer because when I had him on camera before, he just didn't have a really big body, and his neck was real small, and so I'd honestly say he was probably a four and a half year old deer five and a half was he close uh, was, he, was he close to the road or was he a good piece off oh yeah he wasn't anywhere near road okay so somebody so somebody else is probably sick too <laughs> yeah i'd say somebody so. somebody probably made a bad shot on him i guess yeah hmm. uh, i honestly don't think that uh he died from a shot i really he, i found him by i found him by a creek down in a creek bed in the bottom mm. and uh, I I think he died from natural causes because if anyone shot him, I mean I've shot a 170 inch deer before with my bow, first deer I ever shot with a bow, and I looked for that deer for three weeks, never found him, and I think someone would have ended up coming up on this deer because I mean there there was a tree stand not too far away from where this deer was laying, just up the hill, and so I, I think he died from natural causes. Okay. Let me ask you this. This is bringing up an interesting point, and, and this is a question for all of us. L let's say you find a deer like that, and, of course, you found the skull of it, and you post it out on social media, and somebody hits you up on your DMs and say, hey, I shot that deer. 
during bow season last year. I had him on camera, and I actually – let's make it a two-part question. Film he it. says, I filmed the hunt, and I have the deer, you know, going down. Or he just says, yeah, I shot that deer. I, I, would you feel obligated to give him those horns in either one of those situations? If he said he filmed the hunt and he showed me the film, I'd give him the horns. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, that's the way if I he feel just, about it. If he's just saying, oh, that's my deer, I shot that deer and has no proof of it. I bet, yeah. Somebody I trusted, like if it was around home, and somebody over the hill that I trusted said, hey, man, I shot that deer. But I would have knew about it if yeah, it was close exactly. to home. Yeah, but just some random guy just hits you up. You don't know, like, hey, man, I shot that deer. Now, if he said I – mean, if he if he DM'd me and said, I shot this deer, I shot it at the 300 block off 12th Street in that block of woods, and that's pretty close to where you found it, then – Well, I, I, I shot a deer like that one time up in Illinois. <clears throat> Not that big, of course. But I shot a deer like that, and somebody picked it up on the neighboring property. And I looked for it and looked for it and looked for it and finally ran into this guy, and he had taken it. I mean, it was on his property, but he had taken it. And uh, he asked me what I was doing because I was on his property looking. He asked me what I was doing. I told him I was looking for a deer, and he started, he's like, well, describe it for me, and this and this and that. And I never thought for a second he had it, and he did. Did he give it to you? Mm-hmm. Which one was that, the, that one right there? Yeah. Wow. That How about one. you, Kyle? What do you think on that situation? Uh, you know, if he had all that proof, uh, I know if it was me on the other side of things, I would definitely be dying to have the deer I shot. So I'd definitely give it up. You know, it's a big deer, but it doesn't mean everything to me. I found it in the woods and it's really cool, but, and I had him on camera, but, uh, yeah, I'd definitely give it up. You know, if you didn't have any proof or, you know, anything, I, you know, I, I found that dude because I mean, he's, he's going to get cleaned up here soon and, uh, be skull mounted on my wall. Well, I'll tell you why. So I definitely... I Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll tell you why I asked that question because I don't know if I showed y'all that picture or not, but up near Sioux City in Iowa, there was a deer found this year. It was when they started doing the burns back in the spring, they found it, and the deer went 238 was what they oh, scored it wow. at. Double drop time, absolute giant. I mean, I'm talking massive, just huge deer. And EHD had been found in that in that area, so they thought it may have been EHD, whatever. And the guy posted it on social media. And of course, two hundred, almost two hundred forty inch deer goes out, and it goes like wildfire. Right. I mean, everybody's screaming, you know, pen raised, of course, and everything else. And the guy that found it worked for the railroad with a buddy of mine. Now he was way up north in a different area, but somebody sent that guy a message and said, "Hey, I have this deer on film. I shot this deer during bow season. I can tell you exactly where the area that deer was in." He went and showed him the video and everything and he gave him the deer. The guy took it to a taxidermist. They cleaned up the rack and of course it had withered, you know, kind of weathered a little bit being out in the sun wow. all the time, but they mounted the deer for the guy. Wow. And of course it being a deadhead and found he had no he had proof that he shot it, but it was found beyond a period of of being and going into the record book or whatever, but still he's got the horns of it and everything. And I thought that was pretty that cool to cool. sir. It kind of shows you what social media does for us. We're able to share that stuff around and or it would have just went in a closet and nobody would have ever seen that deer. Oh, Kyle's got a knack for finding big horns in the woods. Yeah, I guarantee your <laughs> eyes must be better than mine because you can see you pick up some some stags. <laughs> yeah, I found quite a few. Uh, I mean, especially skulls last year with EHD. I'm, I found 13 deadheads last year alone. Wow. Holy crap. And, which, I mean, they weren't easy to come by, but uh, – you know, I'm pretty early and, uh, you know, walk in the woods and shed hunting and whatnot. I've probably really just gotten into it the past two, 
three years. And uh, after I found the first two deadheads, uh, I realized they were near bodies of water. And you know how EHD works. They get thirsty and usually find them near water. So I spent most of my time walking, you know, looking near creek beds and around lakes. And I mean, I found a ton. And even this year, I did the same thing. And thankfully, I only found like four deadheads total. And the rest were uh, fallen bones. So that was pretty cool. Now, but, when, when, yeah. you're, when you're looking for sheds and you're going out there and trying to find them just on a shed hunt, kind of walk me through that. What is the what is your, your I, guess, I guess, MO on that? I mean, do you walk near crossings do you walk near bedding areas or you know what how do you find those those sheds because i mean you got a knack for it for sure and i'm sure deer population helps but i heard if i've ever found one it's been because i blind ass stumbled across one it wasn't no other reason uh well like i said i've learned a lot in the past two years uh you know i'd get lucky and find a shed but i i'd go out looking and wouldn't find any and so what i've learned is you know I've gone year after year looking in these same spots. I'm still spending most of my time in these spots that I've hit up multiple times, not found anything. Well, the deer aren't wintering there. Usually if you don't find a shed there, he's not dropping his antlers there because he's not there when he drops them in the winter. So, uh, where I do find sheds, you know, uh, I kind of set up a game plan in my head, like try and find where like some bedding area is and uh some walking trails where there's thick brush and that's how i found most of them uh the first antler i found this year uh was 10 yards from where i found my first one last year so i went to hit up that same spot and i found it and that kind of told me you know these deer are wintering in the same place consistently just about every year and i was out on public with my little brother and we were seeing if there were some mushrooms up and I was like, Hey, you know, nothing's up yet. So let's, let's go walking. There's, there's some good spots around. And we were just walking down this trail and, uh, opened up to a field and there was a, uh, little like wood line and three does ran out of the right side. And then out the left side looked like a bigger deer. And my little brother goes, we should go look in there for sheds. I'm like, you're reading my mind, man. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, you lead the way. So I let him go in the way he wanted. I walked in the other side and I go, I found an antler. And he comes running to me like, oh, you found it. And then I was like, hey, let's keep walking. I'm sure there could be more in here. And so I walked down that left side. He finished walking the right side. And then I just hear him scream because it's the first shed he ever found. And uh, he pulls it out and it's that same deer, same side just the year before oh wow so these deer are consistent consistent in wintering and dropping their antlers in the same spot obviously it's not a surefire thing but from everything i'm seeing like that's how i find antlers year after year at least past few years that i've gone and these little wood lines and you know brush in the middle of the field uh that seems to be a consistent uh antler for me when i go out looking and so they're usually right on the edge of uh that brush because they just bed down in there i guess because they can see all around them and it's usually pretty thick well that's awesome kyle well 
we definitely appreciate you taking the time this evening to come on and be with us and talk about your turkey season. Let us know what's going on with full draw. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to you guys getting down here and being with us in person. It's been a, like I said, it's become, become a great relationship and a friendship that we've developed with you guys. And, and we're wanting to expound upon that for the future because it only goes up from here for, for you guys. And we can't wait to see where it goes for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. The feeling is definitely mutual. Uh, I I think we're all really excited to get down to Georgia and meet you guys. I know me personally, I'm already looking for uh, Airbnbs, trying to get things planned out because uh, I want to get down there and you know have a good time. I'm excited for that show here in August. I don't know why you're looking at Airbnbs. We got we got Casa Casa the D board, Casa the Wilson, Casa the Watson. We got all kinds of places to sleep. You just you just load your tail up and get down here, and 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 we'll worry about putting you in somewhere. Well, that sounds like a good deal to me, man. I'm, I really am looking forward to it, and it's going to be a good time. Well, buddy, we sure appreciate you taking your time to come on this evening, and, uh, hey, good luck for the for the rest of the year, whatever you got in store, if y'all going to do some fishing and getting uh, getting those bows tuned up. We'll all be jawing back and forth on that, I'm, I'm sure, real soon, and uh, we, uh, we'll be going uh, – Going into some lives, I guess, uh, as it goes. Y'all y'all get ready to do a live session sometime. Want to do one one night? Just holler at us. We'll be glad to jump on and uh, chit-chat with you on there. All right. Yeah, good deal. Uh, you mind if I uh, drop a shout-out real quick? No, brother, always. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, for anyone who wants to keep up with our my team's content, Full Draw Assassins, we're on YouTube and Instagram, Facebook. Uh, just look up Full Draw Assassins, and you'll find us there. And I mean, we're constantly on the daily putting out content for you guys to see. So we'd appreciate it if you check it out and keep up with us. It's been a fun journey and we're still going. Continuing to drop quality content is the key thing there. You guys are, you guys are awesome in the picture taken in the video uh, side of it. And it's great to see. And um, we, uh, we definitely look forward to, to seeing everything you guys put out when you, when you're tagging in the mornings, we're tagging each other as it goes. It's always fun to see what you got, and we, we definitely appreciate it. And we, Like I said, we're all excited for the future together. Yeah, definitely. You boys are putting out some amazing content, and I'm going to make a proud statement and say it's my favorite podcast to listen to in the mornings. Woo! It helps get me ready for work. <laughs> Talk now, about you boys it. are just so relatable. I love the accent. It just <laughs> – you boys are my kind of boy. <laughs> well, y'all are our kind of people too. We and we we'll get Derek tuned up on the accent. We'll get him. Uh, we'll get him a little bit better one as it goes. We'll get that uh, Philadelphia out of him. Yeah, he's he's quit eating Philly cheesesteak, so I think it's starting to fade. Is it? We might make him a Philly cheesesteak with some uh, peppers on it. Yeah, yeah. If he comes out here, it's gonna have to have peppers in it. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I throw mushrooms on mine too. So. That a boy, me too. I like too. a mushroom on mine. Mushrooms, onions, and peppers. Load it, slap full, make it yeah. run. That's uh-huh. what I'm talking about. You boys know how to eat them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Well, we'll be talking to you soon, man. We sure appreciate it, and I'll uh, I'll be hitting you up. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon, man. See you, man. See ya. All right, everybody. That was Kyle Lewis from the Full Draw Assassins, and it's become somebody. Not just on the social media side of it, from the podcast, the Instagram, Facebook, and everything else, they become somebody that we've we really enjoy talking to, and 
we find ourselves constantly talking about them. You know, hey, did you see what Full Draw did? Or, you know, you see what they dropped this weekend? We went live with them this weekend for a little bit on our way down to the KT team hunt. Um, And for anybody that's not got a chance to go over and check out all that content that we've been dropping on the KT team, it, uh, it, it'll do your heart good to get out there and check it out and look at it. Um, Cody put together an amazing video as well as Nick did. He got to go out with Mr. Bobby and hunt with him and Caden and KT. Nick and I went with Jason and Tommy and, and Big E. And uh, what was the gentleman's name we were out there with? Daniel. Daniel, yep. We went out to Mr. Daniel's property. And we definitely look forward to getting back down there and seeing them again. Um, the future is, is going to be a very, uh, a very bright one with the KT team. Um, it's humbling to get to talk to those guys in any aspect that we get to, uh, whether it be on social media or on the phone, text. They're always happy to hear from us and, and definitely go over and check all those guys out. And as Kyle said, check out Full Draw Assassins on all the social media platforms, their Facebook, Instagram, and their YouTube content. Um, and if, if you miss the um, – if you miss donating with us for the KT team and you've seen those videos and seen that we presented them with the check – if you want to help out now, you can go to their store. You can get any. You can get a hat from them. You can get a shirt from them. You can get turkey calls from them. What else they got? The hoodies. They yeah. got. Um, they got all kinds of stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, they've got new stuff. They're getting ready to add. Uh, I know KT was dropping some stuff on social media. Some some new items they're going to be adding to their to their shop. Some cool stuff. That I'm yeah. wanting to buy. <laughs> yeah. And you can even you can go on there if you want to donate directly to the KT team. They have a donate button on their website. They are a non for profit and um that gin house is gonna be something cool to see them build into. The gin house is where they're going to have their lodge at now. It's a it's a house they lease. It's a beautiful piece of property. It's got two big fields as you drive into it. They're gonna have a dove hunt this year there. Um I I wonder if uh Wonder if Mr. George is going to burn up every shell he's got in his gun. I bet he does. Down there I was bus. just thinking about Mr. George. He's been down there. He's in that wheelchair and he's been trimming bushes. Yeah, he, he had Run that a pole saw. Yeah, I had a battery powered pole saw out there trimming the apple tree or and whatever. And after it was. meeting him, there ain't a doubt in my mind he burns powder. Oh, I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you. As full of as full of vinegar he is, I guarantee he does. So, and you'll hear us talk about them a lot, and uh, we definitely want to continue the support for that that great foundation as it goes. So, anything from you, Nick? I'm good, man. Good episode. Cody? Good to go, man. Hey, I appreciate the content y'all are continuing to put out, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun coming up. So, for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank you for tuning in and being with us again. Come back and sit on the porch with us a while. We'll be here, I'm sure. Like Mr. Bobby said, you can bet I'll be here. For everybody here, stay with us. Remember, smile as you go, and don't forget, mouth of memories.